Good morning, Squanto. Good morning, Jordan. Squanto, for those of you who don't know, is Tyler Stampler. Sometimes I just call him whatever I want to. Today it's Squanto. Squanto. Squanto, an American Indian, we think, right? Once was. That's what they say. Before we get into anything, I just want to take a second to just uh, give my brother Jordan here a shout-out. Birthday yesterday. He's a that's right. Officially, um, an old man. Not yet, but we'll just say that. Twenty-seven years old, 20. and it got me thinking yesterday. That is there anything better for dessert than a cookie cake? A cookie cake is definitely uh, on top of the list. That is that is for sure. Yeah, a cookie cake is definitely at the top of the list. Because you just don't have it so often. Right. And you, it's you get so... it once in a, in a blue moon. It's almost like the Carvel cake with those little chocolate black things in there. No one knows what they are, but they're Yeah, it's so it's it. so uncommon. Like, you almost never show up to a party and get a good slice of cookie cake. So when you do actually get it, you're unbelievably surprised. And that's what I got last night. Um, yeah, I mean, through the roof. Through the roof. It's top three behind maybe, like, if there, if there, if somebody could just make like an Oreo cake, like a a cake the size of a cake, but it's an actual Oreo, Oreo. I'd be all I'd be all in on that. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like back when Cold Stone was a big thing and everybody was going there. You had the that uh, what was it the Oreo cream ice cream yeah. that they made. Yeah, they had the and sweet it was just cream. Like, yeah, I wanted to just bathe in it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Appreciate anyway, the we're appreciate about... the birthday shout out. Appreciate Talking that. about surprises, and, and you mentioned the cookie cake. Uh, we'll just get right into sports here with, with a surprise, and the surprise I'm going with is going to be Dwayne Wade last night. Yeah, uh, I he, thought I thought you would say it, man. I was watching that game. Um, I saw Gabrielle Union's tweet last night saying that D Wade isn't pushing back time. He's been able to do this, and he should do you know throughout his whole career. But D Wade balls last night. He goes off, and the Heat uh, the Heat beat. Philly snap, I think, what, a 14-game win streak in Philly. Um, 113-103 was the final. Uh, Philly has not lost there since March, um, early March. Mm -hmm. And uh, Miami was just unstoppable last night. And I remember talking on our first podcast when we first started this, you talk about no-name players. You look at that Heat team, yeah, we all know who they are because they've been in the NBA for so long. But you're going with backups, guys like James Johnson. Guys like Kelly Olenek, Wayne Ellington, Josh Richardson. These guys are not studs by any means. I mean, not saying saying uh, the the, the 76ers have the best players in the world either, but, I mean, you're talking Ben Simmons. The guy's a triple-doubler. J.J. Redick has been in the league forever. He's a known shooter. Covington could shoot Mm -hmm. the ball. And then they have all the foreigners, Saric, Ilyasova, and those guys – they could play. They could play ball. Yeah, I gotta be honest with you. I don't know. Sarich was three for ten in, in uh, from from downtown last night. I don't think I saw. I've seen him miss a three point shot in the playoffs so far this year. I feel like every time I look, the guy makes a shot, and mm-hmm. I don't even know who he is. Um, you mentioned no name guys. James Johnson lit, led the Heat in minutes last night with thirty seven. Uh, 37 minutes. Dwayne Wade only plays 26 because 11 for 16 from the field. Six for eight from the charity stripe. And, uh, yeah, like we said, he balled, um, had 28 points. Um, only had three assists, but obviously 
you know, carried the heat, led led them in scoring last night. Ben Simmons was uh, was held um, last night to just 24. Uh, didn't get his typical triple-double, only had eight assists and nine rebounds. So um, he did a nice job of keeping him at bay, so to speak. You know, he did play almost a whole game in 39 minutes leading the uh, 76ers, but they didn't get enough support from the uh, the rest of their cast. Side, they're looking at Hassan Whiteside's on the bench for majority of the fourth quarter, matchup-wise. Because mm-hmm. they're playing Ilya Sova as their center at times now. It's a whole yeah. different team. It's a different way of playing. These guys are chucking up three-point shots. Marco Bellinelli, I swear he shot eight shots in the last three minutes of the game. And it may, yeah. maybe made one. So, like, yeah. it's a whole different game with, without Embiid in there. And I just don't – I honestly think the Heat will win this series if Embiid does not get going. I know he's in concussion protocol right now, so there's a chance he could play – with the, the NBA playoff schedule with two days rest, which I think is absolutely obscene, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, Whiteside only had 15 minutes last night, yeah. and I thought another weird weird player, the Heat didn't get really on the court a whole lot, was Justice Winslow. Um, I don't yeah. know. I, I think it's, he's, he's probably like a misfit matchup for the Sixers, and I think if there's anybody who could really guard uh, Ben Simmons on their whole roster, it would It'd probably be Justice Winslow. Like that's kind of kind of weird to me why he wouldn't play more. Um, on paper, yeah, yeah, he's great on defense, but he can't score. And yeah, Josh Richardson was breaking through the defense yesterday. Um, James Johnson, like you mentioned, going through the defense. Kelly Olynyk hitting step backs. Obviously, that mm-hmm. won't continue. But I mean, just watching the game yesterday, and, and, and the Sixers went on a huge run in the first quarter, and the game could have been over. They could have shut the door then, but the Heat battled back. Uh, we're leading at halftime, took the lead all the way through the fourth quarter. Uh, the Sixers came back. It's the NBA. They scored nine, seven straight, I believe, in the in the fourth, and then he said, no, thank you, Dwayne Wade came back in, got a rebound, got an assist, hit a shot. Uh, just a typical Dwayne Wade, and with that said, I mean, the man just cracked the top ten all, all-time playoff scoring, uh, led by um, – Obviously, we know who leads that list, uh, LeBron James, and let's go right mm-hmm. into talking about him and their first uh, first game against the Pacers. They looked like uh, the bad news bears of basketball. No idea what they yeah. were doing, and the um, Pacers are far from good. Far. We, from we, good. It's kind of the um, it's kind of the same deal in Cleveland, man. We we've kind of seen it all year with what's been going on with them, and they're, they're trying to bring in new guys like they did. Um, Spolster's been telling the media that uh, – I'm sorry, not Spolstra. <laughs> Tyron Lewis has been telling the media that they've been working on things defensively in practice, and they have some new schemes we're looking to run. Um, you know, they put up 80 points. Granted, they didn't give up 100 uh, at only 98 to a Pacers team led by Victor Oladipo with 32 on the night. Um, but they give up 98 points and, are, and aren't even close in this game. And I think that's the most concerning part about it is when you hold a team to under 100 points in the NBA, you got to feel like you're going to have a shot. You have a chance to win. Exactly. And they were blown out, man. Blown out. Ooh, and I understand part of that. You know, they, they're not playing their guys down the wire um, at the end of the game. You know, they only score 15 points in the fourth quarter. But, I mean, they, they weren't even close wire to wire. They were just – got the doors blown off him for uh you know for for the entire game Ty you say uh, LeBron... that, you say they weren't playing their guys though Jordan you look at their starting five 
their next four off the bench could be their guys as well. No one knows who their guys are. Jeff Green, Jeff Green was a stud in Orlando. A stud. He's their yeah. seventh man, and he comes in off the bench sometimes, and he'll score 20 points. Yeah. So you just don't know. I mean, you, we, we really don't know who their guys per se are. Is I it mean, yeah. Jordan Clarkson? It could be. Why could it not be? Is it yeah. Tristan Thompson? The man dominated in the playoffs two years ago. Could it be him? Who Who is it besides LeBron James? Yeah, I don't know. Um, he, you know, LeBron had 44 minutes, and then after that, um, Kevin Love had 34. So the two guys you would expect, but J.R. Smith played 29 minutes. Larry Nance Jr. played 30 minutes. Um, all, all the guys contribute a little bit, um, but like I said, I think you know it doesn't matter who they have on the floor when they're getting mopped up for 48 straight minutes from wire to wire. Um, exactly. I'm going to tell you uh, one of the more interesting storylines in the NBA, I, not not to switch it up. Obviously, we could talk, sit here and talk about LeBron all day. Um, here's a really, really interesting one. I, I look at, uh, you know, a close game in Houston, um, game one. Houston goes up uh, Houston goes up 1-0 on the Timberwolves. We're looking back at the West now, folks. But um, Derrick Rose plays 24 minutes. I don't know if you got a chance to watch him, Ty. Played 24 minutes and, and, and got 16 points to 7 of 14 from the field. I don't know if you got a chance to watch him play against the Rockets. Yeah, that's the Thibodeau offense right there. The man knows how to play for the coach. We saw a glimpse of it in Chicago when he was healthy. He gets back with him. He's playing actual minutes. The Timberwolves do not have a true point guard. I mean, they have, who is it, Jeff Teague, I believe? Uh-huh. So Jeff Teague, yeah, great, great, in, great in Indianapolis, great in Indiana Pacers, great down there in Indianapolis. Guy was great, but he's just not the same, not the same. Yeah, you get a guy like Derrick Rose to come in there, basically split minutes, mm-hmm. and he's a new man playing back under Thibodeau. It we was, saw it with uh... Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler looks like the best player in the NBA this year when he was healthy. Yeah. So you get back with the coach that you're familiar playing with, slash playing for things change. Derrick Rose was clueless. He might not have had 20 he might not have played 26 minutes the entire time on the Cavs. Mm-hmm. No, so. you're right. And um you know, I think part of that is being the power hungry LeBron James in Cleveland, but also, you know, the the coach in Tyron Lue, like I'm not sure if uh D Rose was able to um see himself playing a system like that. 100% right. I mean, he looked good in his first playoff game and I haven't seen him play a game in Minnesota yet, but he played 24 minutes, had 16 points. And he looked, he looked like he was able to play with those guys in Houston, you know, arguably one of the best backcourts in the NBA. And the matchup for, for the Timberwolves in this, in this series is brutal. You know, it would be for most teams in the NBA. The Rockets mm-hmm. can light it up from outside. But the way they pick and roll on offense, the way D'Antonio's team just runs up and down the floor and just guns three-point uh, shots doesn't match up well with the Timberwolves, um, who the Timberwolves are. And, and with that said, the Timberwolves are a very good basketball team. Mm-hmm. They have a good backcourt. They have a good front court. They have yeah. decent bench players. They could, they could compete with Houston, and we saw it in Game One. And, and, final and, score, and I think they can, and I, mean, I think they compete with most teams in the West. I, I do. Um, if they get you know. some stops at the end of the game, they win that game. Yeah. Now so, I do. I will say I think it's a terrible draw for them in the first round. 
Um, I think they, I think they got a better shot at beating the Warriors than they would the Rockets. Um, not to say that, not, that's not me saying the Warriors are a better team than the Rockets. I just like their matchup better against a team like the Warriors. I mean, um, I think obviously it's going to come down to what what I think will be the Houston Rockets versus the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, mm-hmm. and it's just going to come down to who can hit more threes, and that's the West. The West plays basketball that way, and. The East yeah. is uh, way way behind in terms of hitting three-pointers yeah. to win games. Obviously, you look at some of the scores in the West, um, you're looking at 100-point games. And you come to the East, although the Heat dropped 113 last night, but the first game, what did they – I don't even know what they scored. It was definitely under 90. So. Yeah, one very high scoring. Slide it over to the NHL tie last night. The Preds get hammered by the Avalanche, lose 5-3. Uh, the Devils over the Lightning, 5-2. Toronto over Boston, 4-2. And San Jose puts up eight on the Ducks um, and wins out there yeah, in San Jose. Yeah, this is the second, kind second of time night. this year now we've seen. Yeah, Pittsburgh scored. San Jose scores eight last night. Two games with five goals scored last night. Obviously, a ton of goals are being scored, which I like. Mm-hmm. It's entertaining. Um, but it just shows you that. You do not know who's going to win these games. And and uh, as uh, Adam said in one of our previous episodes, and he'll be back on with us hopefully either next week or the week after that as we get deeper into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, that home, home ice definitely plays a big uh, part in hockey. And obviously in Nashville, Nashville almost seems unbeatable. Yeah. And they go on the road and things change. Yeah, yeah. And they did, um, you know, same thing happened in New New Jersey last night with the Lightning. Probably the, two of the favorites um, in the NHL playoffs go on the road for the first time in the playoffs and, and both take losses, giving up um, five goals apiece. Um, so, you know, I, I think uh, I think the Preds have what it takes and have enough, uh, have enough firepower to steal a game in Colorado um, and, and come back home uh, and, and take the series. But, you know, Nevertheless, the the NHL stays interesting. You know, the Lightning kind of same thing. Um, lose five two in their first first road game in New Jersey. Um, so we'll we'll keep looking at it. It's a pretty cool storyline um, for the NHL, and just cool to see um, see these teams competing the way they are right now. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So. We'll flip uh, one more thing here. We'll go uh, just touch a little bit on baseball here. The Nationals did beat the Mets last night, so that's the the first win the Nationals had against the Mets this year. Uh, Talking about my favorite in the the NL East. Um, The Mets are still playing good baseball. They're obviously the best team in the NL East, the best team in the NL. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's touch on the Marlins losing to the Yankees 12-1. Last night. Well, um, we had a lot going on over the weekend, and one thing that we need to talk about is the big sexy Bartolo Colon going up against <laughs> Verlander, and and they both shoved the pill, man. They dominate the hit. It up. Yeah, sorry about the technical difficulties there. So, Jordan, we were talking about uh, the Astros and Rangers matchup there with uh, Verlin- Verlander and uh, – Big Bartello Cologne. Yeah, um, I mean it was impressive what he could do. Uh, that's 
We'll leave it at that. It is unreal that dude's still in the league and, you know, flirting with perfection against one of the game's best arms and against one of the best lineups. Um, he goes he goes seven and a third and uh, gives up one one run, one hit. Um, yeah, you know, watching, it's, it's unbelievable. watching him out yeah, there, truly... honestly, it looks like he's throwing a shot put, but the man knows how to hit his spots. And, I mean, like you said, one of the best lineups in baseball. Just made, made making yeah. people look clueless out there, and that just proves that any guy could go out there on any day and shut a team down. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, sorry about those seven and two thirds. By the way, had seven punch outs, one walk, and he was uh, definitely hit, having fun run. out there when he came out. Came out in the eighth inning. There, you saw like he was clapping for himself almost. It was, it was clapping for the fans, clapping for themselves. Oh yeah, well damn right he, he should have been. That. Did not expect that. That's that's what made it even more fun. Another storyline of that game is kind of something we've already covered this year, Todd, but they went into extra innings. Speaking about the extra inning game, how about the amount of games that have been postponed? We're on a roll right now. I mean, the weather. Don't even get me started with that. My fantasy team had like nine guys not play the amount of games they were supposed to last week because uh, they just – their games just get banged. I lost five starters, Um, starting pitchers in the past uh, the past week and continued yes. into yesterday to start the week, so we're on a roll. But that's, that's uh, brutal, this man. beautiful weather we're having throughout the country. It's not even in the southeast, the northeast. It's it's the entire country that are postponing games. So Yeah. You uh you mentioned New York and Miami um last night, uh Monday night. The Yankees take on the fish, come into New York and uh Basically, New York beats the doors off them. You know, one of the best teams in the major leagues going up against potentially one of the worst. And the guy I want to talk about, the guy I want to talk about is Didi Gregorius, uh, hitting three twenty-seven on the year. Goes two for four last night, three runs, three RBI, and hit a ball um, to the moon. Didi, yeah, yeah. Uh, Didi had, uh, I think he had two home runs yeah, last he night. He did. He had two home runs, and. Um, you know, is he the best shortstop in the game, Ty? It's definitely up for consideration. The man can hit with anybody. He can hit. Um, and he's in a Yankees lineup that's going to help him hit the ball as well. So, he's, defi- he's mm-hmm. definitely up there. Um, I would put some guys some guys in his category, obviously. Correa, Houston, uh, Bogarts in Boston when he's healthy. So, there's some there's some guys that can match up with him. But I don't. I just think he's the best hitter. Yeah. Best hitting shortstop in the game. Well, I mean, you got Correa, you got Corey Seager. Um, you know, I'm a big Brandon Crawford guy. I know he doesn't swing it like some of those other guys, but you mentioned Xander Bogarts. I think one of the best defenders in the game, um, Anderson Simmons. But here, here's the bottom line. Like, doing what Didi has done for the past, what has it been now, four years since Cheaters retired, three years since Cheaters retired, coming into a scene like that, in New York, where you basically have to take over for, you know, what some would argue the best mm-hmm. shortstop of all time. He's filled those shoes um, well. He has. Eh, eh, well, I mean, like, there's no way he could do it better. Um, there, there's there's no way he could do it better than what he's done. Um, you know, I, he right now is more productive than Jeter was the last few years of his career. And I think if he was even the same as Jeter, people would have argued, like, Hey, Jeter should have stuck around. This yeah, guy's definitely. not ready. 
And and that's kind of what he's going up against. Like, I mean, you look at the playoffs last year, what Didi was able to do, carries it into this season. He's 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 solid defensively. Like the man's, he gets to so many more baseballs than Jeter did. You know, I, this is crazy for me to say this, but I think he's better than Derek Jeter. I mean, that's very crazy for you to say that, and you're basing that off of Jeter's last three years versus his first three years. And if if you look, I'm not. If you look at those but I'm things, not. Though, I mean, everybody will say I, I, that. And I'll say that same thing right now, just looking at it. I'm not talking about Jeter. I know Jeter had an unbelievable career, and, you know, the most incredible thing about what he did was played shortstop every day for the Yankees. He was a staple in that lineup. He brought up multiple championships in New York. He was a, I mean, he had 3,000 career hits, hit right around 300 for his career, I think just over 300. Um, but he played shortstop every day, and – I think that's the most important thing. He brought stability to the to their lineup in the middle of their field every and, single day. And that's the thing. Um, and, you know, they had a couple second basemen in the time he played in Robinson Cano, Alfonso Soriano, had some young guys toward the end of his career. Had some different second basemen, and he was the stable factor in the middle of their infield every single day. I'm not forgetting about that. I'm not discounting what he did. But Didi Gregorius, I'm telling you, and we're going to look back on this in 10 years and we can make a call on it, but – I think Didi Gregorius will be a better shortstop for the New York Yankees all time, numbers wise. Well, I think than Derek Jeter. Just guys are getting better as the year goes on, as the years go on. Period. So that's that's the other hard thing to look at, and and you look at guys like, I mean, we'll talk just about Barry Bonds, and I know there's some flaws in there, but there's going to be someone who hits more home runs than him. Just because these guys are getting stronger, mm-hmm. and it's just like what you're saying. I mean, yeah, Didi Gregorius could end up being a lot better than Derek Jeter. But like I said, in five years, maybe after year eight, nine, ten in the league, five, six, seven years, we don't know. Things could change. Yeah. So. I know Derek Jeter. What's so special about him is he did it for so long. I mean, was able to stay healthy, but. You know, I really like Didi Gregorius. I think he doesn't get enough credit because of the shadow that he's playing um, in from Derek Jeter. And it, it's not his fault. Um, you know, I just – I wish he got more uh, more of the credit that he deserves in uh, in New York. Yeah, definitely. I, so. I, I do agree there. Switch, uh, switch over to the other side of uh, the city and the Nats and take on the Mets last night in New York as well. Get their first win against the Nats. Get their first win against the Mets last night. Um, Bryce Harper struggling the last week or so, but picks up two knocks last night. Two runs, had three RBI. Um, obviously helped help the Nats and take down their arch nemesis here in the NL let's, East. Let's, now. Uh, let's continue um, on Bryce Harper, and this was probably where, where we'll end our episode because this is a great talking point. Bryce Harper hit a a four hundred plus uh, foot home run yesterday. <laughs> And uh, all he was mm-hmm. holding of the bat was the handle. The bat broke yeah. not in half. The bat broke. The bat bat broke at the handle, and the man was able to hit a towering home run. How? How? That's my only question: is how? He is um, one of the game's best he hitters. Is an animal. There's your answer. <laughs> that is honestly animal power. Listen to these starting lines real quick. Jeremy Hellickson goes 4.2, gives up seven hits, two earned runs. Only has three Ks. Jacob DeGrom goes 7.1, gives up six hits, gives up three earned runs, has 12 punch-outs. 
DeGrom, DeGrom dominates the Nationals lineup for seven innings. Um, well, it looks like dominates, and, uh, and they end up losing the game. That, to me, is the problem for the Mets. You know, we've talked about it before, and he doesn't get the loss. Ramos took the loss, and A.J. Cole came out of the pen for the Nats and gets the win. Um, A.J. Cole, Orlando, Florida, imagine that. Um, but there, there's the problem with uh, so That's with the, the first time we've seen um, it this for year where the bullpen came in and, and actually laid an egg. I mean, um, that's the first time we've seen it this year since then. I mean, since – Literally since the start of the season, I know we're only whatever fifteen games in, but it's—I don't know. I feel like they're a different team this year. You can see it. There's got guys are hitting the ball, um, guys are getting pumped up in the first inning, second inning, or third, first and third inning. Todd Frazier comes up, gets two RBIs in the early early going. Conforto trying to score from first changes the whole game. It could have been a three-one ball game. Um, it's just—I I feel like they're a different team. Guys are playing better i don't know what it is but i'm happy yeah as uh jonas cespedes i think i think it was cespedes said that this is the best team he's ever played on so i don't know we'll see whatever that means um yeah other news around the league uh dodgers dodgers kill the padres last night 10-3 uh seattle takes down houston 2-1 oakland over the white Sox. 8-1. 8-1. Um, games that were postponed last night, uh, Baltimore at Boston, St. Louis at Chicago, KC in Toronto. Um, all and postponed, more will be so postponed here. Keep up to that. <laughs> Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Keep you up to that on that. We're looking to have our basketball analyst and Andrew DeCespedes uh, down in Miami, Florida, along with Ian Fitzpatrick in Cleveland. They'll be on the show hopefully later this week, if not next week, bringing to you some insight in the NBA playoffs. Um, also, like Ty said earlier, hopefully we have Adam Wise, our hockey analyst out of Nashville, Tennessee, uh, back on the show sometime in the near future. Um, this episode has been brought to you by the Baseball Volley, at Baseball Volley on Twitter. If you'd like to support our show, please b- visit our Facebook page, Two Bros and a Cup of Joe, and help us support uh, the podcast format that Anchor gives us. We appreciate everything Anchor does for us in terms of laying out the podcast format and letting us do our thing on here Every Tuesday and Thursday morning uh, from 7 to 8 a.m., two bros and a cup of joe. Ty, I appreciate it. appreciate the listeners uh, tuning in. Um, we appreciate everybody's time. Thank yeah, you. and one thing to leave you guys with, uh, Miami basketball and Jim Laranega signs an extension last week through 2024. They're in it for the long haul with Laranega. Boom, baby. Until that, until that hammer is dropped on that program, they're in it. Huh? They're in it to win it. They lost uh, four guys this year to the NBA draft, so we'll see what the team brings next year. They signed a kid from uh, Oklahoma, was it? Grad transfer? Grad transfer, yes. Yeah. We will see. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll uh, we'll keep, keep plugging away. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. See you.